Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Self-Medicated Podcast, your home for moderately informed takes on current events. Uh, I am your host, Troy Alim, a.k.a. The Wayfair. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Justin hates when I say um, so I got to work on that. <laughs> I got to figure that out. Too. The cough too? All right. I'll figure all of that out. You, go, you give me a um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah man welcome to the self-medicated podcast it is uh monday what is it february 1st today yes it sounds about right rent beginning of february rent is due <laughs> the new year is a month old now 2020 it's been a it's been a wild year already man i heard a lot of people already saying that they want to start 2020 with february because January was so insane. <laughs> I think it's important for us to uh, jump right into, you know, what we missed last week. It was it was wild how this happened. So last week we recorded on Sunday and basically as we were recording, news broke about, I'm sure everybody has heard about it by now, about the death of Kobe Bryant. Um, rest in peace. Along with the other, what was it? eight folks uh, so it was his daughter um a couple of folks he was affiliated with obviously the pilot of the helicopter as well um just a huge rest in peace condolences to all of the families affected it was just interesting um how we learned about it so we last week we recorded on sunday and uh as we were recording i guess the news was breaking on social media and all of that we didn't really find out about it until we had already like left, finished recording, left, and was about to make whatever moves we were making. Um, but that was that was what was happening. Was like all of these reports about, you know, Kobe Bryant passing away and who else may have been in the helicopter with him and affected. A lot of folks were wondering if he actually did die. This is the social media age, so there was a lot of questioning you know what was really going on were folks trolling what what was really happening but you know eventually um everything settled down and and we learned that kobe bryant uh, along with his daughter um some teammates of his daughter uh some other folks that he was close to in terms of coaching and parenting other young kids uh, along with the pilot had passed away in a helicopter crash in calabasas or something like that so a huge, huge, huge tragedy, uh, something that I don't think literally any of us were expecting, could have ever really imagined. I was really surprised by how affected uh, a whole bunch of other people were uh, by this tragedy. I know for me, like playing sports super duper young when Kobe was in his prime and, and so unique in his competitive spirit and will to win and that's I modeled my competitive spirit after to the point where people would call me arrogant and cocky and confident the same way that they would like talk to, about Kobe and a lot of a lot of times my mom and dad would be like you you know you don't want people talking about you like that but secretly I was like hell yeah that's exactly like, that's right I want folks to feel that 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 mamba mentality really for real um, so just to I mean for me personally, I know how big of a shock it was, but it was really uh, interesting to see how many other people were affected by his passing as well. And just to hear all of the different stories and you know ways that he motivated uh, people to be the best that they could possibly be. Um, it was it was it was 
you know, heartbreaking to say the least and, and enlightening in other ways. So uh, I thought it was only right that we make sure we, uh, you know, give a shout out to Kobe since we weren't able to touch on it last week. We did touch on it a little bit last week. And it was eerie that we talked about. It was very, very that, eerie. Right afterwards then. That was crazy. Yeah. Like, we were coming home, right? Uh, exactly. We in the car. You know, as we were in the car, yeah, and yeah, you didn't even believe it. You were like, "What? What'd you say, nigga?" Yeah, I, I was yeah. like, "Yeah, no, nah, yeah. I wasn't." And it, and honestly, I didn't even look at social media for real, for real the whole the whole first day after it happened, because mm. I was not about to go through the up and down emotions of who was actually involved, who wasn't, all of that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, um, I was not prepared for all of that. But yeah, what's interesting though is. Something that I brought up about Kobe Bryant and his relationship with LeBron. Um, interestingly enough, last night was the first game at Staples Center um, since the passing of Kobe Bryant. Uh, so we know it's a huge stage and all of this going on. And what I said last week about LeBron James, I still have to stand by to this day. And I'm, I'm it, it like drives the point home for me. So. Here we are at the Staples Center, the first home game for the Lakers mm -hmm. since the passing of the iconic Kobe Bryant and his daughter, the Mamba and the Mambasita. Uh, the the emotional toll that has taken uh, that this tragedy has taken on the city, on the world, mm -hmm. let alone the team itself. You have LeBron James, who is the heir apparent, really to legendary status and carrying the league after Kobe and, and, and Mike. Uh, he he's on he's in the spotlight, right? He gave a, an an impassioned speech before the game. You know, he went off script. He said, you know, he cussed on live TV, which yeah. is always endearing. You know, let the emotions show. I uh, really liked his speech. Then these motherfuckers came out and lost, bro. Right? And yeah, they I wet the that. bed. I don't. This is unacceptable. Like this that. is what I was talking about. This is the whole thing that I'm saying. You do not. Get to, to on the on the on the altar of Kobe Bryant, of all things, you come out here and lose. What the hell was that? You cannot lose. Like that's the thing that you can't do. You yeah. come out here and ball in the name of the Mamba. That is, I can't, I can't handle that. I can't. It really drives the point I was making last week home, where LeBron ain't it, y'all. Relax. He is not. He's not, he's not this, what we're looking for. It's, it's not, man. I, 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 and I, I, every single time that there's an opportunity for him to change this narrative, in my mind, my own selfish mind, I don't know if anybody agrees with me and I don't really give a fuck. That's how I feel about LeBron James and him being a Laker. Like, this is why it's so bittersweet because, yeah, he gave that awesome speech and, and it was amazing at the beginning and it, it was uplifting and powerful and I think it was the right message and he was the right person to deliver it but fam you can't come out and lose the game after that bro you can't do it you can't do it uh the 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 fact that Dame Lillard came out and balled and put on the show like that's what you're supposed to do you come out there and win like i don't think i need to explain the mamba mentality either uh, further than that like you have to win you 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 ride that emotional high you use all of that uh turmoil and strife and 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 as a moment to come together as a city as an organization you know 
you got all your dogs playing. You got LeBron and AD. Like you, you're not missing and nobody. You know there's a lot of people at this game. It's a lot. Everybody's here. Come oh, on, man. man. You can't to do this. Sh- to shoot LeBron some bail, AD did ball out though. But they he had lost. 37, 15, and five blocks. And they lost. Yeah. And the responsibility ain't on AD to ball and bring the team to a win. That's LeBron's job. When LeBron retires next year or the year after that or when he's done with L.A., I guess, that'll be AD's job because he is, you know, AD is going to take the mantle for the Lakers' legacy in two to three years. Right now, it's on LeBron. Like, you said yourself, you want to take this on your shoulders. Your, your, your shoulders is big enough to take all of this, right? But what you, you lost, and you didn't play that good. You didn't, like, what are we talking about? We can't, we got to stop. We got to stop. This man is too talented, too accomplished, too great for us to hold him to a lower standard in terms of want to and give a fuck and uh, like the literally the mobile mentality for him to act like this bro i can't it's unacceptable see i didn't get to see the game but then i saw that and i'm like yeah, yeah. how you lose man I, I was gonna watch it and in the third quarter i saw the lakers are up i was like okay they gonna pull this off they got to us for kobe and i look back at the score i'm like what the fuck it's embarrassing it's embarrassing dog and i know it's a lot of lakers fans like real long-term lakers fans who like pay attention who can name like six men and and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they they know what i'm talking about like yeah it's cute to have lebron he's gonna like it's it's nice it's cute and all but like at the end of the day there's a there's a feeling about lebron amongst lakers real true lakers fans that's like man damn you know Mm -hmm. i don't know Anyway, that's that's how Not I feel about that. Oh, and another shout out to Dame, Damian Lillard. I haven't declared publicly to anyone a favorite player since Kobe Bryant, mm. right? I consider myself one of these types of people who really enjoy a specific makeup in the athlete. Uh, I think like Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Deion Sanders and Kobe Bryant have been my favorite athletes of all time. They helped not only shape, like, when I was playing sports, my competitive spirit, but also kind of just molded myself after them in certain ways outside of sports, too. And I haven't, like, literally since Kobe, or that I, like, added Kobe to that list, have I ever added anyone to that list since then. It's been a long time. But I think I'm ready to add Damian Lillard to that list, y'all. Fuck with Dame. Dame is, yeah, when you think about, you know, categorizing his competitive spirit, want to, the fact that he's always coming through, doing things that nobody expected him to, but he's also consistent at this point. It's not no surprise. He's doing it by himself without any other superstars or you know, without complaining or anything, he just go out there and ball. The fact that he's multi-talented, like Dame could actually rap and spit. He can make songs. He's really good at rapping too. Absolutely, for sure. Uh, just, I just like the way that he carries himself, man. And I think, uh, I think y'all heard it first. Yeah, I think y'all, y'all are gonna hear it first. I think uh, Dame might be <laughs> added to my all-time favorite athletes list. I say Marshawn Lynch got an honorable mention, but he ain't winning enough for me. 
See, that's a, that's a big thing. You got to like winning is important. And that's another. But that should let you know how I feel about Dan because he ain't won nothing either. Right. But, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, too woke for the week segment. There has been a resurgence of this conversation from uh, Gabrielle Union and Terry Crews because Terry Crews decided to open his mouth again. So just a little bit of context. Uh, a little while ago, Gabrielle Union made some allegations about an NBC show that she was on uh, in terms of their cultural competency. Um, and treatment of black folks, I guess, under the wide umbrella, there was issues with diversity. And, you know, she made some public claims against them about their practices. And Terry Crews took it upon himself to publicly say, no, he didn't experience those things. And basically, you know, directly opposing what Gabrielle Union was saying. Um, and so that was instead of, you know, standing by her or supporting her or even just shutting the fuck up and not saying anything, <laughs> he decided to like directly oppose her. And I think, and then now, weeks later, the reason why this is coming back up is because he like publicly apologized, I guess, saying, oh shit, my bad. All you really wanted me to do was support you and I didn't do that, blah, 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 whether I agree or not, blah, blah, blah. So like all of a sudden he's figured out the, the right thing to do. But to me, this is a deeper thing about Terry Crews and especially in these different movements, feminist movements in particular, but any movement really where there's like, there's a pendulum swing of societal thoughts. I think that you gotta be real, real careful of who y'all idolize in these movements, man. Just be very, very careful. If y'all remember when the whole Me Too thing was happening, Terry Crews, big ass, was in the in the spotlight because he allegedly got Me Tooed as well at a party. Got his meat grabbed at a party. Um, and if you remember, <laughs> he caught a lot of shit because people was like, my man, what the fuck? You just go let somebody, like... It even sparked even more conversations about further toxic masculinity, about how he was supposed to react and all of that. Um, and the fact that he was going so hard at people who had the opinion that they would have physically defended themselves was the red flag that I needed to be like, this motherfucker on some bullshit. And so now, instead of, you know, I feel like there's a lot of ways that he could have gone about it, even from back then. Like, he could have... If you insisted on inserting yourself into the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. I feel like there are some ways that you could have done that. Um, the way that you did it, I don't think was it. And for you to be so defensive against how other people would have handled it as opposed to how you handled it, that's a red flag. Yeah, like you, right. should, you, could, you, you should be able to understand why somebody would want to punch the fuck out of somebody who grabbed their meat in front of their family. Like that's... Come on, you sh there's no reason for you to act like you don't get why somebody would react like that. And the crazy thing is, I've listened to Terry uh, Crews' like, background, and he had an abusive father. So, you would assume that he would, because I think he said at one point he beat the shit out of his dad. 
So So you should understand somebody Yeah. He understands the violence. Exactly. To act like you don't was a little And to be fair there can be an argument made for yes there are other ways than violent ways for handling that situation and going about it no doubt absolutely but we're not gonna sit up here and act like that's the only way and that another effective way is not to handle your business like we're not we just we can't sit up here and say that and that's what he was doing and then on top of that so so for that to be kind of his introduction into this movement um, and why he's relevant in this conversation in the first place. And then for you to go against a black woman who is talking about and publicly letting folks know about a set of circumstances that are very related to what you have inserted yourself into. And then for you to like publicly go against that, that's some fuck nigga bullshit. And I don't like it. But I also think that there's a whole lot of examples in all of these little movements that y'all got going on of people doing that exact shit. And all I'm saying is be careful who you idolize in this shit. You know, take what you need to understand, you know, the, the point and the relevance that these movements are trying to make. But be very, 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 very careful about who you idolize in it and, and understand, you know, everybody ain't in it for the cause. I'll, I'll I'll leave it I'll leave it at that. There's more to say about that, but I'm not gonna get into it now. Let's let's move on. Oh, Mason Diddy. Uh, I thought this was super duper interesting. This is an interesting uh, ownership conversation. Um, so recently, a couple of days ago, I think, uh, on social media, of course, Mace made a very long, eloquent post in regards to uh, his, I guess, former homie Diddy in terms of, you know, the kind of hypocritical stance that Diddy was making in terms of his speech. Um, I think it was for the Grammys. It wasn't for the Grammys. It was some other awards that was going on during the Grammys where he accepted a speech uh, or accepted an award and made a speech about black excellence, ownership, not being exploited by the music industry, etc. And Mace uh, in his post was basically calling Diddy out saying like, yo, you're not even practicing what you preach. How are you going to talk about all this black excellence, all this ownership stuff? And you have you play me. Right. There's there's black people and black artists under your care that you have exploited and done the very thing that you're saying uh, publicly not to do. So um, and Mace made a very compelling case. In terms of a one-sided argument, I think of how wild Diddy sounds in this situation. Um, you know, he says something like Diddy paid 20k for his publishing rights, um, and Mace offered two million for them now. And Diddy was like, "Well, if you can match what this other white dude gave me, you can have it." Mm. And 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 Mace is like, "Yo, what what the fuck are you talking about? You Mr. Black Excellence, Brother Love, right? What what are you talking about?" And so he just felt that it was real hypocritical, and you know, publicly called him out on it. Uh, and I think this is very interesting in this time where, you know, the the streaming age of music, the way that people consume music, and uh, I mean all kinds of media really even you know there's a lot of folks monetizing their instagrams or youtubes or hell podcasts and all of these different things and the conversations about what you own and you know how to monetize your your creativity and your art versus what other people are allowed and what like platforms can uh 
exploit you and all of this. I think this is a very interesting topic. Uh, and I don't think it's ever, ever, ever going to change. I, I've said this before. I think that when you have uh, a system that is rebelled against or folks either try to reform it or tear it down and try something new, a perfect example is streaming to the music industry. What ends up happening is the pendulum swings, but then the system is gonna auto-correct itself because it's not being burnt down, right? Like we're still consuming music and people have to pay for music. So that means that the system that was created is always gonna auto-correct for itself. That's what I, that's just what I believe. And so I think it's interesting to figure out, you know, how do artists or creators re retain control over things that they create um, with the understanding that they do need, you know, there are, there are entities that exist with the capabilities to do what all artists want is, which is to have their art seen or heard or, or viewed or consumed in, in whatever way. So like, that's to me where the gatekeeper part lies. That's why artists still depend on these entities. It's not so much what they can really do for them in terms of their art or any of that. I think it's about the ears that they reach. And as an artist, that's really the main thing you care about is like people consuming it. You can like it or not, but you at least want people to see it, you know? Um, so I think that's an interesting, correlation with even now mace with his publishing is still not getting paid what he's worth or due according to him and like who knows what his streaming numbers are but he's still fighting for you know literally technically was his, his intellectual property and and i always feel like that's such a wild concept to have people fighting over their own thoughts like their own ideas or, or, or your own name like that shit is so just so wild to me and it, uh, i don't know it, it indicates a lot but i don't know i hope that these two gentlemen can you know figure it out i hope maze gets what he deserves i hope diddy uses this as a opportunity to like help educate folks because it ain't a, but a couple black billionaires and he's in one of those positions to use this as like an opportunity to course correct for lack of better words may i <clears throat> insert some ignorance into absolutely i feel like this is really made yeah do we really think mace has two million dollars to buy the rights to his music diddy was probably like this let me see it let me see that's probably what he said that's probably what diddy said he probably didn't say no nah, you gotta match this man he probably said let me see it let me like let me, show me the bank statement because mace isn't the most credible person in the game that is a that is a fact here's what i would say i bet you mace probably had access to via networks and payment plans two million dollars <laughs> i do believe that but i mean you started to go fund me yeah <laughs> let me get my my publishing um what's interesting about that is you know he probably don't you're right yeah. but i think that the fact that he wants to and is making an effort and even would make an offer to i think that shows a lot and i think that these are the types of opportunities where you know in terms of black excellence and supporting black folks, these are the type of sacrifices that have to be made in order for us to get on top, right? Like these are the types of things that we have to like course correct for. We can't, we can't treat people who have not had a history of access to resources or, or any of these things um, and treat them like 
they do have that access. We can't we can't do that. And especially if we're trying to right wrongs that have been historically done upon us, we can't just operate in the same way that has been operated on us. We got to make some sacrifices. It's like it's like, you know, they talk about uh, how eating healthy is so expensive. Right. Well, yeah. But if you value eating healthy, then that expense is going to you're going to have a different perspective on how expensive that is. It might it's going to be worth it to you. Right. So if our goal is to properly support black artists and put them in positions where they're not getting fucked on whatever kind of deals that they're making, then, yeah, we might have to sacrifice the 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 dollar amount right like if whatever our goal is or whatever our vision is has to dictate our actions and our decisions and so if our if that's our goal then we have to make decisions according to that like we can't like, i don't want to hear people talking about oh but i was chasing the bag but if that's not the goal if the goal is not to be as rich as possible the goal is to put people on and put people in a position to benefit themselves and create generational wealth then your decisions need to reflect that yeah. <laughs> so last week we talked about Lil Wayne's funeral album. The album came out. I listened to it. Did y'all get a chance to to listen to the album? Yeah. Listen to a little under half of it. It's a long album. It's very long. Uh, me personally, I like the second half better than the first half of the album. This is another uh, the way I feel about this Lil Wayne album. Like it's good, right? Like he's spitting on that motherfucker, but like. It's it's Reggie as fuck, man. Like it's just it's it's t what 24, 25 Oh shit. Wayne rapping songs. Is that many songs. Yeah, it's a lot of songs. And what I did notice too is most of them are short. They're not super long extended songs. They're they're for the most part short songs. But it's a lot of songs on there. And it's a lot of like it's good rapping, but it's like it's not it's it's Reggie as fuck. It's a lot man. of style and no substance. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm waiting I on a cohesive, yeah, I'm waiting on a cohesive Lil Wayne album. Mm -hmm. Not just a bunch of songs with him spitting. I want a cohesive mm -hmm. Wayne That's album. That's why I don't like Eminem. He does the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just That's like a good a point. lot of content with, you know, no, it's like, like, look how good I am at rapping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, me, not let me make a song yeah. with some substance and some depth That's true. to it. That's a good point. That's true. Uh, That's true. Are, are, are we of the mind that they're incapable of such? Because they've yeah, never they done it. Darkness on there. Darkness was a, one of those, like, even though I didn't really like the song a whole, still, like, it was still that story, you know what I mean? But it's just Darkness. one song, though. In terms yeah. of in terms of the whole album, they don't, mm. they, they don't do that. The whole album, yeah, true. In Wayne's career, he used to make substance yeah, songs. That's true. Yeah. Then once he started getting good at rapping, it became more, look how talented and skilled mm, right. I am. That is so Braggadocious rapping. Right. So like, let me make a song about having children when I was 14. Or right, right, right. Yeah, wow. Stepfather getting killed, or, you know, I miss my homies. Yeah, everybody wants a four 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 from from Wayne. He has enough, I guess, history experience that like people are thirsty for that. Did y'all see the uh, the drink drink champs interview yet? Uh, I didn't know it was out. I think it came out this morning. <laughs> I think it came out this morning. I was gonna try to watch it before we came in here, but I didn't have time. But yeah, I would I would encourage folks to check that. out. I wonder if it's like cohesive, like the album. Uh, what else came out? I really liked the Yo Gotti album. Yes. That shit was hard. Yes. I really enjoyed that album. Uh, it was full of bangers. I feel like 
Uh, it reminded me of, I got the same feeling uh, that I got from that Cardi B album where like every song is a single, okay. right? Like every, you could play any of those songs as a, as a single. It wasn't really like a deep album cuts where it's like you wouldn't play these joints. You know what I'm saying? I, I really like that album though. It sounded good. He sounded good. Features were lit. You could tell him hanging out with Jay-Z has influenced the type of song he makes now. Exactly. He's actually trying to drop some gems and talk to the kids, which I appreciate it from him. And that's kind of what we want from Wayne, yeah. some, some yeah. sort of perspective like that. Yeah. Maybe he needs to go ahead and get that Rock Nation deal. <laughs> Like maybe that's what maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what like he needs just to get that perspective. Like I don't know, cause um, yeah, that that kind of I guess lens is really what I think that Yo Gotti brought to this album is really what a lot of folks want from Lil Wayne. Just that perspective, right? Like yeah, we get it. You know all these words and the ways to put them together. Cool, but what are you thinking? Like, how do you feel about something? Mm -hmm. So, like, give me one real original thought, or like something. something yeah. yeah, yeah, Give me one for sure. Y'all have uh, Super Bowl plans? I didn't want to talk about the Super Bowl, but it mm -hmm. is the Super Bowl is a big deal. I guess. Y'all have Super Bowl plans? I think um, I stand by my prediction from last week. I think the 49ers are gonna blow the Chiefs out. I don't think it's gonna be particularly close. Going for the Chiefs. You're going for the Chiefs. Kansas that. City. Putting, that's putting, that's putting home, right? Air, man. Putting hope in the air, man. Come on. That's as close to a home team as you could get, right? See, Kansas yeah, City. That, it was like between that and the Rams always. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I think. Um, yeah, I think the 49ers are going to handle them fairly, <laughs> fairly easily. Um. Oh, this is uh, one of the segments of the relationship segment. I think this is one that I always look forward to uh, just because there's always some shit to talk about. But uh, this week, I was uh, out of work all week. I had literally haven't been to work all week because uh, I was sick. I was definitely sick. I had like a fever. I was real fucked up this week. And, you know, thanks to my lovely partner, uh, I was nurse back to health and I'm now back to I'd say about 95% mm. but during this whole thing a few things came up that made me think about and want to you know explore talk about what is the significant other sick etiquette right so like what are you supposed to do when your significant other is sick and I think this is it probably depends based on the level of relationship that you're in so like if you live with someone versus if you don't I feel like there's a different set of rules right um but like what do you I guess required to do and what do you not like what's the threshold of all right you're doing too much you caring too much <laughs> like you're doing like overstepping your bounds like that ain't my job and like well, at what point, as the sick person, can you not get mad at somebody for not doing something for you, right? I think so, like, getting mad at somebody taking care of you is like a guy thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't think women like you. I take you're taking too much right. care. Of me. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I know, like for me, all I need is if I, I all I really need is like 
give me the medicine. I can measure it all out myself, but I'm probably not trying to get up and go to the bathroom yeah, yeah. and get Make it. Make me some food. You know what I mean? That's cool. And I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, number one, half the time when I'm sick, I'm not trying to eat anyway. Right. So that's mm, off okay. the that's, that's off the table. Yeah. And if I do, then it's really just some soup. And then I, mm. I'm really sick enough where I can't just warm up some soup. Like that I can handle, I can do that. And I don't necessarily expect the person I'm with to do that for me. But I do expect you to like, if I'm dying in my sleep, like wake me up, right? Like, or if I'm like- You wanna die in peace? I, nah, <laughs> not like that, nah, I don't, I Everybody don't. Like, I wanna die in my sleep? Nah. <laughs> No, nah, because I don't have to. Like, I don't have to die in that moment. Like, that's different. Rescue me, motherfucker. You can do something. Um, yeah, like bring me this medicine or like go to the store and get some juice or something like that, right? Like a little simple shit. I don't expect you to sit there next to me, put like a hot towel on my head and all of that. Yeah. And don't put yourself at risk of getting sick. That's that yeah. to me, that's where I draw the line. It's like do what you can to help me, but like don't put yourself at risk to get sick cuz then I'm gonna feel bad and then I I'm more of a caretaker type person too, so then yeah. I'm gonna be like yeah. forgetting my health and yeah. trying to take care of you and that's all bad and like nobody wins then. Yeah. Um yeah, so but like then I've also heard some people is like, yo, if we're not married, nigga, good luck. Like, <laughs> like, like let me know when you're better. Like, it's, right, and especially if you don't live with them, like, yo, I'm avoiding you. Like, text me if you yeah, want to, but like, I'm not bringing you food. I'm not doing any of that because we're just not like that. Uh, it's not like, cause we're not on that level yet. Not the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's interesting to think about the the different levels of like caretaking responsibilities uh, as folks reach for the Purell. <laughs> we have had a sick conversation. <laughs> Uh, the coronavirus is in Chicago too, by the way. Mm, so like, really? yeah. yeah, scrub. Don't touch shit when you outside, y'all. Touch everything. Don't touch shit. No. Give me the don't virus. Do <laughs> <laughs> you bugging. You don't say the Right, right, right. Oh man, that is hilarious. No, nah, but yeah, let it, for the listeners. Let us know what y'all think about the um, significant other sick etiquette. Like, what are you required to do? What as the sick person? What would you like your significant other to do? And as the non-sick person in a relationship, what what what's what's the um, the threshold of like the menu of things that you're willing to do for your significant other? Let us let us know uh, how y'all feel about that. Um, yeah, man, I think I think that's the pot. Anything y'all wanna? New Florida man. Oh yeah, Florida man. Yes, oh, yes, man. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Um, so Florida man, today is February 1st, uh, Florida man. Let's see what we got. Florida man swung a sword in a road rage attack. My man's looked like he has swords too. So, uh, 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 oh Jesus. A man is accused of hitting another man with a machete during a road rage incident in Florida. <laughs> uh, they, and then they arrested him outside of where else? Walmart. Um, That's what you do after a stabbing. Yeah. So apparently this dude cut off 
uh, his name is Bailey, Jonathan Bailey. Um, he cut off, cut him off in traffic, uh, but then he pulled up alongside the vehicle and swung a sword, cutting the man's hand. So I guess he ain't even get out the car. He just he did a drive-by sorting. <laughs> he did a drive-by <laughs> sorting. The victim was so that's yo. That. <laughs> yeah, apparently he cut him between his thumb and index finger, but like literally did a drive-by sorting. <laughs> that is funny as fuck, Florida man. That's that's gotta be the, the title. Drive by sword. <laughs> Drive by sword. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, man. I think I think that's it. Yeah, as usual, uh follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the self med pod. Follow us on Facebook at the Self Medicated Podcast and make sure you subscribe to the Self Medicated Podcast on YouTube. I'll make sure I get all of those clips up too. Listen, uh, you could listen to us on all the DSPs except for Title till we own Title. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Just search the Self Medicated Podcast. Tune in every single Monday. Um, and that's it. We out.